Darling, if you want me to be closer to you, get closer to me. That's, uh, who is that? That's Seals and Crofts, I think. We're like Seals and Crofts. Are we? I have no idea. I mean, I know the name Seals and Crofts. That's like Diamond Girl. Diamond Girl. Is it like Captain and Tennille? There is of the same era and ilk, but not really. Okay. Yeah, they got they got like you know summer breeze. Summer breeze makes me feel fine. Everyone knows that song. This is Seals and Crofts. Well, yeah. Are, are they two men, two women, you a know, couple? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're a couple. I don't know that much about them, but they're two men. Oh, okay. I mean, it was the seventies, and I've seen some of their <laughs> album covers, but. Right. Uh, so what are we talking about today? Not the, Seals and Crofts. No, the captain. Which captain? One? Captain. James T. Kirk, and perhaps Captain James P. Picard. What's his name? I don't follow Star Star Wars. <laughs> no, today we're going to be discussing Star Trek films. Not necessarily our favorites, because as we have discussed many times in our relationship here, uh, they're the same. So we really can't say, oh, well, I like this one. You know, I mean, 268, moving on, 268. So we're going to be discussing all films in general. Of the Star Trek franchise, as is. Sure, we can do that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> I, I certainly have my three favorites, but uh, uh, I'm I'm good with talking about all of them because, you know, I know you love Two Six Eight, and they're great movies. Two Six Eight. And but, and what what do you if you were what were you three just off the top? Uh, well, Wrath of Khan two. two. Uh, Probably First Contact. Eight. Right. But six, I think there are other movies. Like, uh, first of all, the reboot, I thought was a, a very fine film, and you liked it too. I love the reboot. The, the first original, Star Trek 2009, as they call it. The first J.J. Abrams lens flare, lens flare experiment. Yeah, and I mean, if we're going to talk about the captain, not to sidetrack, you know, Bill or anything, but Chris Pine stepped into pretty big shoes and, and did an admirable job, which I think speaks to the overall quality of that movie. Yeah. You're just like, eh, whatever. <laughs> it know, doesn't matter. I don't think <laughs> he particularly made that movie any good. I think Quinto, Zachary Quinto, as Spock was a way better performance than, you know, I think Chris Pine is serviceable, but I think many people in that role could be serviceable. So you view Chris Pine sort of in the same way that we talked about uh, Jennifer Lawrence filling in for Mystique. Any young actress could have done it as well. Uh, no, I don't think that, because who was Chris Pine before he played Kirk? It's not like he was like, uh, he's going to be hot, he's coming up. Like, Jennifer Lawrence is already, like, megastar, like, A-list. Chris Pine, Chris Pine still is an A-list, you know? Wow, Chris Pine, not A-list. I mean, eh? is he? Do a lot of people consider Chris Pine A-list? I, I really don't know who's on what list, Matt, but I Matt, would assume Matt he is. Damon is like A-list. Tom Hanks is like A-list. George Clooney is A-list. You Chris know, Pine is B-list. I'm sure there are variances within the A-list as well, but... A-minus? I don't know. Like, I... B-star to me is like B-movie star. Is that not correct? No, I mean, nowadays Hollywood, just because they spend a lot of money on movies and they are all flashy, doesn't mean they're B-movies. Think, of, I mean, just let's, let's face that. There's tons of B-movies being made currently by many Hollywood studios. That's true. You know what? That uh, San Andreas movie was a B-movie, but yeah. just with a huge budget. Yeah, exactly. 
That's what I'm saying. So it's just, it's as I, I mentioned. I don't think we should say B movie. B movie, I think, has like a kind of a classic feel to it. But nowadays, B movies are what straight to direct to DVD, like Sharknado Four and things like that. I, don't I guess. Know. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked again. Uh, so back to Star Trek. So. Yeah, instead of doing the three, we'll just go through, you know, one through, how many have there been now? 10? 11? 12? 12? 13? 14? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to count for the next hour. Uh, so let's start it off with the motion picture. TMP. I'm going to talk slower because that's what watching the movie was like. Vija. Uh, it's a cool f- Film in a way. It's a nice concept. Uh, what, when did this movie come out? 1979. When did um, your one of your favorite movies, uh, 2001, come out? 1969. So I think it kind of stole a little bit of that. Borrowed. Borrowed. Yeah, okay. We can say borrowed. But there was definitely a feel. Again, this is coming from me, a person who still has yet to see 2001. Mm-mm. Even I know that it's it's borrowing uh, its look, I guess. Atmosphere. And it was what, like two and a half hours or something? It's pretty long. They have, you know, several different cuts of the movie. They have, uh, it's always funny to me on the, on the VHS, when you like buy an old VHS of Star Trek the motion mm-hmm. picture, instead of saying like director's extended cut or final cut, it says special, special longer edition. <laughs> and it's like, is that special? If you've seen the movie, is it special? I'd, I'd say the movie is, you know, between two and a half and three hours, depending on, I think the one I have on DVD is like the director's cut. I don't know. So it's long. There's good things about it. You know, it's the first movie. That's cool. Doctor McCoy has a beard for a scene. That's neat. Right. Like the visuals are pretty, pretty spot awesome. on. Yeah, yeah, spot on for that. Uh, but it was just it suffered from too much. Like not, not a lot. Of, not a lot of action. Not a lot of character interaction. And I mean, not that there wasn't interaction, but there wasn't a lot of development aside from. It, it feels the motion picture to me feels a lot like Star Trek Seven. <laughs> You're jumping. Just, just a, a, you know, an episode that they extended to a movie that is not as good as some of the episodes of the series. I the, the original generations. I could agree with your analysis that it's they're similar in the way that they're like long episodes. Yeah. But that's where I think. The but the other goes. movies aren't like long episodes. They're like movies, even like Insurrection mm. and yeah, Nemesis. They're they're not good, but they are movies more so than they, you know, this is they. Star Trek can't be heady in the movies. They can only be heady on the TV. If you want to talk about a movie being more episode-like, you have to mention Voyage Home. Because that movie depends on you seeing the third movie. Because otherwise, there's this human crew on this weird-looking Klingon ship. No, 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 no. What do you mean, no, no, no? That is a serial... Listen, they explain it all in the first ten minutes of the movie. It's very self-explanatory. I saw four before I ever saw three. And I knew exactly what was going on because it's all laid out. It's all laid out. Sure, it's laid out, but it still depends on the events of three to happen. So you still need, so you can't watch three without have seen two, having seen two then. In a way, I mean, those three movies are very much tied together. They are. They can't really happen. I mean, two can obviously happen and then you can stop, but the other two can't really happen until the second one happens. You know, like one and, and five and six, they're kind of independent of each other. 
like you said, movies. The other three, they are very serialized. It's true, but I think that's what they were going for. There's no Star Trek TV show at this point when 2, 3, 4 happened. Sure. There's no Next Generation. So what are you going to do? You're just going to come up with a bunch of random... And I think I think that's what they tried with the first one with the motion picture. They came up with a random story and tried to make it self-contained. This is the story. And it didn't work. So while 2, 3, and 4 all are serialized, I think 3 is only the really true serialized one in the, the plot. Because 4 is the aftermath of what, what happened in 2 and 3, which is, is interesting. And 2 is just 2. Um, but 3 really is a direct sequel to 2. And 4 is just... What are we gonna do now? Let's let's do something. You know, we have to go back to Starfleet. We have to answer for all. Get this a stuff. new Enterprise. <laughs> yeah, for us it's like oh, it's three movies, but for for them it's like a week. You know, if you think about it, from the time they stole the Enterprise, went and got Spock, it's not a week. It's like two months. It was like they were. On, I thought it was a couple yeah, years. No, no, they were on Vulcan for like three months. That's it. That's the difference between yeah. two and three. But yeah, uh, I agree. Well, I mean, you know, between two and four, it's like so two. They go back. At the end of two, no. So at the beginning of two, I'm trying, <laughs> whatever. I'm trying to don't worry about it. We don't need to explain the movies. These people have seen them. We're on two. They know what they're talking about. Um, so yeah, two. Obviously, a tremendous movie, and from motion picture, the leap in quality was just unparalleled. Everything. Right? Everything. Yeah. Costumes. Sets. Uh, SFX. Acting. Acting. It's great. Uh, the story. It's fantastic. Lighting. Brought back a villain from the the original series, mm-hmm. uh, in in like an awesome way. They did that. That's that's Star Trek though, through and through. It's always continuity first. You know, if we can get the actor who played the actor at some other point, we're getting that actor. Right. And that's awesome. I mean, we could go on and on about what we liked, but it's uh, an awesome movie. If you yeah. haven't seen it, watch it. We're not yeah, gonna talk about it's one it. of my favorite science fiction about. movies of all time. No, it's just a great. Just, movie. just go see it. This is great. Uh, okay, so then let's skip ahead to three, three because three is very dependent, like you said, on two. The search for Smock. Yeah, they rehashed like two scenes from Star Trek Two within the first twenty minutes of Star Trek Three. It's it's really, it's really gratuitous. So why do you like that movie so much? Well, because uh, generally it's really just the center of the movie. This is the first part of the movie. They're in. San Francisco and they rehash like Spock died and Sarah comes to visit him and realizes that he's been mind melded with McCoy and then you know they draw out the plot but once Kirk decides to go get Spock and they gather up the guys and they break out of prison and they steal the Enterprise that really to me is the only reason why I like that movie is mm-hmm. that, that center center stage piece scene I think it's just so good and just so uh, you know it encapsulates the essence of those characters in a very short you know couple scenes that's cool it's yeah really I mean cool. that movie I think has more action than most it, it does yeah um Christopher Lloyd is as the Klingon commander he destroys the Starfleet ship and then mm-hmm. he fights with Kirk at the end it is it is way more action oriented even more so than Wrath of Khan I feel which is a lot of space battles and this one's more uh I mean there's some space battles though and even in just I remember the planet itself breaking apart. Like, they were just kind of they blew up the constantly Enterprise. under attack while they were on the planet. It's true. Almost. It's true. They blew up the Enterprise, too, in that, episode, in that movie. So, Right, yeah. I mean, any movie where the Enterprise gets destroyed has to have, a, a, you know, some memorable quality, doesn't it? I guess so. I guess so. It's all been done before. Uh-huh. Um, I, I do like 3. I think 3 has a lot of weak points. The last 30 minutes are boring. 
Okay. Uh, so then there's four, The Voyage Home, which takes place like a day later. Le Voyage. No, it takes place three months later because they take the oh, bird right, right, right. to Vulcan. Spock gets mind melded back into McCoy and then Spock spends the next three months retraining his brain to speak English and do complex mathematical equations. And hmm. He's Spock again. Logic. Well, that's cool. Um... So then, the, you know, they get called from Starfleet. Hey, there's this big old probe. How big is it supposed to be again? It's big. It's big? It's large. It's celestial. Um, and it, uh, you know, responds to whale calls. And we ran out. Oh, we ran out of whales. Right, plum out of whales. Um, we got dolphins. They're screwed, though. We got lots of candles, just no whales. Candles? Um, yeah, because they used to make candles out of blubber. Anywho, uh, so the Enterprise, oh, no, I'm sorry, the Glack or whatever the hell the ship is that they, they commandeer. I'm just clearing my throat. And they're just like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll just slingshot around the sun and travel back in time. thing on ship? Who gives a crap? Oh, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed in myself that I don't know that. Um... So yeah, this like implausible theory that like, oh yeah, we can just go back in time whenever we want just by going real fast around the sun. And then comedy ensues. And it's really good comedy. It's a fun movie to watch. It's excellent. But it's such a... It, it doesn't represent Star Trek very well. I think it does perfectly. On its own, no. It does not represent Star Trek well at all. I, I, th- I beg to differer. At, at the heart of it, it, at the heart of it, Star Trek is... The characters and their, you know, jovial togetherness. That's why we buy it. That's why we buy Star Trek. That's why we buy Next Generation. That's why we play Deep Space Nine. That's why we hate Voyager. Because of the comedy? <laughs> no, because of the camarad- the genuine camaraderie that comes through the screen is why Star Trek is great. Because everyone is friends in their future, so why shouldn't everyone be friends on the working enterprise, on in their environment, you know? Sure, I get that. But what I'm saying is... If you showed Voyage Home to somebody who had never seen Star Trek, do you think that's as good a representation of what that franchise is about as any of the other movies? I'll tell you what. Anytime I have someone who's never seen Star Trek before, I give them the Voyage Home DVD. What? That is... is, You know. That is... It's out on loan right now. It's out on loan right now. To who? Just say their first name. People like in, in the same building with... Oh, okay. Are, are. So the, these are real people, not people you're making up? I'm not making it up. Well, you, you give people Voyage Home to yep. be like, here, this is your introduction to Star Trek? Yep. Okay. Yep. Because if they like the characters, they will be able to see them in a, in a sci-fi environment, okay. you know? My mom still loves that movie. I don't think she's ever seen another Star Trek movie. She loves Star Trek Four. Really? Yeah, she loves it. She that's loves weird. It. I, I mean, that's awesome. That's really, really cool, actually, but to me, that's weird. Why? I don't know, because... That's what Star Trek is about. You know, I get it. Like, I love that That's why people love The Inner Light, that episode. It's always, like, you know, top five episodes. And I am not going to say that it's not, but I'm not going to say it's never going to be in my personal top five, because it's, like, the motion picture to me. It's, like, it's it's a touching story that's barring, but... That's another, it's like, well, why is that, that episode so popular over so, more so than like Enemy Mine or The Game, all this other stuff because of the deep character development, you know, that you, even if not, you having not seen Picard in, in another situation, you can feel 
that's a, that's like a standalone episode that you can show somebody. I think. Oh, definitely, like, yeah. And they'll they'll get it. So I th- I would think if I was going to show someone a next generation episode, I usually do Tapestry first. That's the one I usually do first. Hmm. All right. We're now we're getting sidetracked. I know. Way sidetracked. Why? Well, um, I mean, it's still Star Trek. So we were on for. I mean, it's a good movie. I enjoy. I will watch it anytime. Uh, it's just not in my top three, or but we're doing all of them anyway. Yeah. But uh, I didn't mean the bad mouth movie. It's fun. I, I mean, there's there's really... You can badman off of mouth all you want because you're no. the, the vast minority because people love that fucking movie. No, no, I'm not saying I don't like that movie. I like that movie a lot. It's just I was, you know, but pointing out some of its flaws. Or all that. you're saying, all you're saying, what you're really saying here, let's just lay it out for people, is you're saying that Star Trek Generations is better than Star Trek Four. That is what you're saying. Uh, I'm laying groundwork, but I didn't say that. Um... We're on to Shatner's directorial date. Was it his directorial Did he do another movie before that? I have no idea. He's done a lot of stuff. He's um, done a lot of stuff. But this is a movie well he directed. Um, Leonard Nimoy directed four, and then Bill Shatner Andrew. took over. Oh, did he do yeah. that? Right. And then Bill Shatner was like, hey, I want to give this directing thing a shot. Um, and the movie's not good. I like parts of it. I like parts of it, too. Even, do you? Because you always bash the crap even, out of that movie. The worst Star Trek still has good parts. Okay, what are your good parts about that movie? One second, please. <laughs> uh, uh, are you trying to prove a point here? <laughs> no, I, I... There are parts of that movie I like. I, I just like the fact that it's Star Trek, I think. How about the desert attack in the beginning? No, that's boring. Okay. Uh, I don't know. There's not much action. Other than, I mean, I like the God scene at the end. Yeah. And I really just kind of like it for the performances. I like the fact that it's Star Trek. I think that's what it really comes down to. The fact that it, it, even even Voyager, because it's Star Trek. If I was like in a hotel room, I'd watch Voyager. Well, sure. There's really good episodes of Voyager. Too. No, but well, I'm saying is, I think I like Star Trek Five just because it's Star Trek, and Doctor McCoy's in it, and my all my friends are in it. Oh, your friends all are my good friends, Uhura and such. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, that's a movie, like, if you really want to see them all, go ahead. Go see it. It's good. Uh, it's fine. But it's not, like, a, something you need to see. It's it, is, question- it is memorable, though. It's questions about God. It's a lot of, like, conversation and, like, f- about feelings and what you want in life. If you want to see William Shatner's personal ode to himself as master of the universe, <laughs> watch Star Trek V. Right, that, that about sums up. He climbs a mountain in the opening scene. Clearly not him, clearly someone 30 years and 40 pounds uh, lighter. Uh, but, you know. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's move on to six, the undiscovered country, uh, a Hamlet quote. Um, this is a darn good movie. It's excellent. This is a great movie. It's so good. One of the best. It's so good very much the feel of two because they had the same director obviously mm-hmm. Mr. Nicholas Meyer uh, kind of the uh, the militaristic naval classical naval tone to the the movie yeah you felt more like almost a submarine kind of feel mm-hmm. um, the story so was great I just think it was because it was the last movie of that generation you know, it, it was a little hammy at times, like them posing all together at the end with, like, the oh, council oh, clapping. Yeah, I don't like that part so much. Um, the council members were cool. They, they came out with some interesting-looking aliens in that scene. If you, if sure, you especially in the, the prison. Yeah. 
the whole movie, I think, really fires. There's a, there's things I don't like about that movie, even though it is one of my favorites. I, I don't like the Repente stuff as much. I think they were on that planet for too long, and I think it detracts from the center of the movie. While Spock and everyone else are like doing like a kind of like a murder mystery on the Enterprise, which I think is the coolest part. Um, sure, they really do show the Enterprise as like a working ship when the like the kitchen scene and the guys like setting the table with the silverware and stuff like that. I think that's so cool. Like the, I, those scenes are not in other Star Trek. You you don't see civilians or lesser people doing things like that in any other Star Trek. Like like mm-hmm. the guys like the busting the tables and the guys pouring the drinks and stuff like that. That's never in. Even when they do ten forward scenes and things like that, they don't really, like that stuff is always in the background. But those characters have like specific scenes where they like show the the reaction of the crew members' face, which I think is fantastic. Even the people down in engineering, like when they're counting down, like you see all the crew members' mm-hmm. faces, and when they're in the bunks, you see. All, I I really don't think that they do that ever in Star Trek, and that's what I like about it, that militaristic, like you said, submarine feel because they they specifically did that. Right, it's a lower decks feel too. Of like, mm-hmm. oh, what does the common officer think of? Oh, we went to Red Alert. Crap, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, that, that you know, that movie is top-notch in a lot of ways. Uh, but there's just aspects of it that, you know, kind of detract it a little here there's and there. There's aspects of it, I think, it's, it's still one of the best. Um, and a great, you know, pretty great story as, as well. Like, it moved along. Which that, awesome. that, that trial scene is so cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and a great. Sulu is captain of his own ship. Yeah, in that movie. There's, there's so many cool things about yeah, that movie. Yeah, you get to see the come come in, yeah. kick ass. Oop, I did it again. No, I said, I said F before. You did? Yeah. Oh dear lord. We're over it. What's gonna happen to the children? So pigeons. So six is great. Yes, six is good. So <laughs> six is good. Uh, so let's move on to seven, a movie that Ugh. Nicholas probably wants to erase from his his brain, I guess. Christ. Existence. Well, I don't want to erase it from my existence. There's things about it's that movie. It's still Star Trek. It's still Star Trek. There's things like tons of things I like about that movie. Okay. Life forms. You tiny little, little life forms. You precious little <laughs> life forms. Where are you? And of course, of all the quotes I use in my daily life, the one I use the most is probably from Star Trek 7. Beautiful day. That's true. Star Trek Seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. All, uh, I know I've told you this before, but I also remember that movie quite often because uh, of that question in the Trentonian newspaper. There, like they had five questions every day, and one of them was, "What were Captain Kirk's uh, last <laughs> words in?" They got uh, it wrong. In Generation Jet, yeah, they got it wrong because they said. It uh, was fun. It was fun. Yeah, and he says, "Oh my!" After oh, that. And I love that scene. It's great. I mean, I know some people hated the way he died, but I was like, that's that's kind of what encapsulates Kirk. Like, he was a boy from Iowa. Like, you know, he'd kind of want to die on a mountain somewhere in a clearing. I think so. I think so. I don't think the death is that bad. I love the opening scene, too, with the Enterprise B. Oh, we yeah. finally get to see the Enterprise B and the inept captain and Kirk back in action. And right. Whole- yeah, and, 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 and Scotty's reaction, uh, you know, when... Uh, Chekhov comes down and he's like, oh, I hope nobody was in here. And you're just like, oh, God, he's gone. Uh, but then he comes back because he always does. He's on the movie poster. Right. Um, but I know you had a lot of issues with this movie. Yeah. Do you want to air any of those issues? I think it is the worst instance of Picard maybe ever in that movie. The Why worst. exactly? 
I think the blending of Picard and Kirk is a massive mistake. It makes it makes Picard look like a way inferior character and man, I feel, in that movie. Picard just seems inept that entire movie. He doesn't seem like the Picard. He doesn't seem like a... And I, I understand what Picard... Or, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Patrick Stewart was saying. He went to the producers after Star Trek and was like... And that's why eight... And he's always like this action guy with the phasers and everything afterwards, which is... It's a little ridiculous, but at the same time, I think that he was very blah in that movie. He's not a likable character. If you've never seen Star Trek before and you watch Star Trek Generations, I don't think you'd get a strong impression of Picard. He doesn't do anything good. He has no good speeches. He has no good moments. I mean, think about it. Really, what what is his strength in that movie? Uh, you know you know what? Uh, where his character stands out in the movie, sadly, it's during the Christmas scene when he's in the Nexus. And I think that's what separates him from Kirk. Like, Kirk, you see him heroic and dying in action in the beginning and then at the end he also is heroic and dying in action meanwhile Picard kind of gets his butt whooped uh, at one point but before that when he's in the Nexus Kirk is also in the Nexus and has been in it for 80 of our Earth years and still hasn't gotten out Picard is in it for like 10 minutes presumably who the hell knows he could have been in there for a million years Mm. But his willpower is enough for him to recognize what's going on. Kirk's doesn't. So, like, to me, it speaks to Picard's uh, strength. Uh, and he's dealing with the death of his brother and his nephew listen. this whole time. Like, it shows off his mental strength, which you, it's hard to convey. You, I make, that's a great point. However, you're incorrect in the facts. Gideon says, and from his point of view, he just got here, too. Sure. But... What I'm saying is that it wasn't so much, like, who spent more time there. Like, I get it that, like, when they get there, it's it's instantaneous and kind it's of, like, infinite for them. But Picard still gets out of it. Now, I don't know if it's Picard, Picard, Guinan's memory that gets him, but he has to recognize Picard that. gets out of it because Kirk realizes it's fake, too. Like Only when instantly. Picard shows him. No, 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 no. He knows instantly because he cracks the eggs and he's like... This happened 10 years ago, but I want to change it. You know, like Picard, or Kirk, I should say, is at the end of his career. He's done so much for Starfleet. He even says it at the end of Star Trek Six, we've done sure. our part for King Country. Like, he wants out. Like, he loves Starfleet, but he wants to live his own life. So he's instantaneously put into a perfect situation where he's, you know, in a younger state of himself, even though he's not younger, and he has a chance to redo it again. Like, why wouldn't he? That's what he wants to do. In a perfect state, he's in a perfect situation, and he feels he doesn't owe Starfleet anything because he's already done it. He's retired. He's out. Okay, but you know, Picard being surrounded by family at, at a holiday is his perfect situation. Like they both were put in perfect situations. Like that's why I think it it shows you know Picard's character because he he was able to you know get himself out. I just think it showed his character very well. His his will, his inner strength. Interesting. But anyway, uh, so we differ about that movie. But, you know, it is memorable. The, the Enterprise D is destroyed. You know, Lurs and Bator get recalled. But it's not quite as good as the other ones, I understand. Um, but where the Next Generation cast, whereas they took over in Generations, even though we got the old cast in a little bit. A little bit. It was, it was a nice final send-off for a couple people. It was. Uh, first Contact was really the... Where it was Next Generation's movie. Next Generation took it full steam ahead. And they did a fantastic job. Jonathan Frakes. Two takes Frakes. Bravo. 
that is one of the most beautifully directed films I've seen in a while. I loved his episodes when he was directed in the next gen. Films you've seen in a while? I'm not going that far. I love him. I think he's got a great eye. Um, Interesting. And I wish he could get, you know, more, you know, commercial work. I know, I think he does a lot of TV. Anyway, um, this movie's great. <laughs> we're going to kickstart his career using this podcast. Uh, uh, yeah, that's what we're going to do. <laughs> Freaks, if you're out there, we're, we're fighting for you. <laughs> uh, so what do you like about this movie? Well, I like the opening battle with the board, oh. with the board cube and all the different Federation right. ships. Uh, I like the uniforms. They're a little... Funkatron, but they're also very appropriate for this movie, I feel. The Borg Queen is great. The stuff with Data and her grafting skin to his body and doing all kinds of emotional play with him is, is good. The Borg taking over the Enterprise. Most of the stuff is good. The things I don't like about it are very minimal, and I can't think of them off the top of my head because that's how minimal they are. But Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, Data, who now is using an emotion chip, Basically, it's emotionally tortured for, like, his first emotions. It's true. I don't, I don't like the Borg redesign as much. I thought they looked cooler as, like, the pale-faced white, white really? guy guy, too. I, uh, watching watching these, these episodes in high def now, they, it does look a little cheesy, but it never did look cheesy watching them on screen. Sure, we watched them through staticky, you know broadcasts exactly. and all that. I think the... But like, yeah, it just looks like a lot of white makeup on people's faces it's, now. It's true, it's true. But I think the... the With, like, garbage <laughs> pasted to... The redesign and first contact to make them more, like, lizardy or whatever, I don't know. What, like, what is it? It's, like, something. Uh, yeah, there's, like, a lizardy kind of, like, scaly it, almost It made them feel. less menacing, I feel. It made them more like a species, I thought. No, no, that's um, true. Whereas the Borg aren't a species they assimilate yeah. and like yes they did have a Klingon one and they showed that but, and most of them were probably going to be um, human because they took over the Enterprise that's something I kind of wish they had done a lot more of in uh, Next Gen is show Borg of other races because they rarely did that never um, but anyway uh, the movie it, tons of action Picard kicks butt he gets angry and yeah. loses his cool Zephyr and Cockman all, all, all the different when they break up into different factions and one goes down to, you know, to the planet one stays on the end but all that stuff really holds together it's, it's pretty good character development too right. with Geordi and Zephyr and Cockman Zephyr and Cockman is great too James Cromwell right and kind of the reason that I was talking about Generations Picard and his, his will to go on whatever in, the, in Generations it gets broken in 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 eight, and you don't see that ever really in in the series. Maybe once or twice when he got like tortured. Um, so to see him kind of break under the pressure is is a cool moment. Well, they 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 harken back to what happened with Best of Both Worlds to him plenty of times in the past in the episodes, and especially in First Contact where he's he's damaged, damaged goods. Yeah, he goes he, through a he lot. He flips out. So. Uh, and then the next two movies, we can just kind of breeze past. Um, Insurrection, Insurrection is... Star Trek Nine. Uh, stuff happens. There's... The Sona, with the peeled faces, yeah. and then the other people, and they play hacky sack real well. That's right, they play hacky sack in that movie. Uh, and then they're under attack that from... an abomination. That's the worst Star Trek mm, movie. It's, it's kind of bad. Um, I wouldn't say an abomination, but it's like... Uh, it's basically sticking up for the little guy. There's a 
stronger villain and a weaker populace, but then they're connected in it's some boring, way. Really. Yeah, it's pretty boring and cliche, and nothing really memorable happens. That one, I think, is the worst Star Trek movie, if I were to... My you, personal opinion. You know what sticks out to me most is the data, uh, like, air flotation device joke when he's in the lake, and I thought that that was kind of terrible. So I was like, if that's the best thing about this I don't, movie. I don't like that movie at all. That, that is Star Trek I almost will skip if it's um, Yeah, I mean, Picard finds love. That's nice. But a lot of, this, a lot of the um, supporting roles have, like, no purpose either, and that's boring. McC- McCormick is in it from Hardcastle McCormick. He's oh, in, yeah? He's good. David, David Hugh Kelly, is that his name? I have no idea. David Patrick Kelly. Patrick um, David Kelly. Kelly, David Patrick. <laughs> Stop listing three names. <laughs> David Patrick. Uh, so, the, so nine, and then Nemesis... Uh, a lot more action heavy. A lot. Tom of Hardy plays the most horrible Picard impersonator ever. Uh, yeah, I think that was not Tom Hardy's best performance. The costumes were ridiculous. Mm. Uh, the Remans were not Boring. really scary. They look like Borg. They look like Borg without implants. They had like the same. Uh, yeah, they didn't makeup scheme. I liked that it was about. Romulans. I was like, wow, that's awesome. They've yeah. never done a Romulan-themed movie. The Romulans, the actual Romulans in the movie were cool, too. That female commander. Yeah, and, the, like, they, they had a lot of dignity about me. them. They were, like, not just a faceless enemy. It's true. Everyone's old in that movie. Like, Brent Spiner looks so old. Well, I mean, people get old, man. I no, mean, I know. That that's what I'm saying. Like, they, no one thought of, like, you know what? We should... We should pass it on or just do something. They should have done something new. But they did do something new with 2009's Star Trek by J.J. Abrams. Right, which we already spoke about a little bit. I That movie's great. I like it's, that movie a lot. Uh, a really, really good reintroduction of all these characters mm-hmm. for, for people who love Star Trek and people who don't know Star Trek. My wife, who doesn't really know much about Star Trek, loves that movie and loves the next one. Yeah, like, it really... It really drew a lot of new fans in. It's true. Uh, which was the point. And it was just a great movie by itself. I like the movie a lot. I, even though I am a diehard Star Trek fan, I do not care about the, the timeline switch. No, but, that's know, completely natural with Star Trek. Yeah, it's completely natural with Star Trek. Plus, it's not like, oh, no, I can't watch Next Generation ever because it's ruined. It's like, no, it's not like that at all. It's like one movie's not going to change my perception of what... XYZ happened in whatever timeline. I don't mm-hmm. care about that. And I really like the reimagined kind of graphics, like the, the newer Enterprise. It was pretty an, cool. interesting. The costumes were pretty neat. I didn't like Eric Bana. He was a horrible, lame villain. Uh, the, it was a bad part there, as well. Like the character lame, was bad. That's, that's the problem, I think, with. I, that's why I think people like Star Trek VI and Star Trek II specifically, because the villains in Star Trek movies are usually not good. They're either alien probes in four and in one, mm-hmm. or they're just lame, like mad scientists, as in seven, as in. The new Star Trek, as in the Wrath of Khan remake into Darkness, they're just, you know, okay. The old, the generic mad science. Yeah, that's like you spoke about the newest one, Star Trek Beyond, coming out where Idris Elba, which is awesome, he's a great actor, is the villain, but like the makeup is like oh generic alien makeup. Yeah, generic alien makeup. And it's just he, he doesn't seem like like I don't care. Like he doesn't instill any like he looks stupid he looks corny you know what I'm I'm getting really sick of and I know this is kind of petty they keep changing the uniforms and the costumes like way too much like in in total uh, into darkness where they reimagined Rathcon as Nick just said 
they change like three or four times in the different uniforms and like they're at the same event I'm like when the hell did you have time to change that's what they have to do if you look, look back they, that's what they do in movies nowadays especially franchise based movies because you don't notice it at the time but if you look at like all of Chris Evans Captain America costumes like from he, the beginning on mm-hmm. every single one has been a modification of the pre- he's never worn the same costume twice right. and it's hard to see because you don't think it, I don't even think about it when I'm watching the movies I'm like oh it just looks right because he's in Captain America costume sure. but I, I think that's what it is and you're right they, they have the same costumes for five movies straight and then they, these they have like new uh, dress uniforms it looks like in these ones too with like shoulder bars and stuff I don't know yeah I just think uh, uh, you know it's just like ooh let's, let's update it's like how about you just keep something the same for a, a second until people can enjoy it it's just too much of a quick like give me something new now I didn't, I didn't like Into Darkness either I have only seen it once I would like to see it again but that is also another I was extremely disappointed I thought yeah, it was I'm not bad. really Very quite bad. sure why I mean I don't think I liked it quite as much as, as the first you know the 2009 remake uh, but I don't think it was bad I mean I would not have picked Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan I mean he's a great actor and all but what did they have to do Khan they didn't, and that... I think that's what ruins it for me, because yeah. the, entire, the entire plot falls apart because it's, like, it's already been... Like, Star Trek never really goes back on itself, and it did with this one, and it, like, it took... It, instead of trying to, like... They should have tried to remake The Voyage Home or something like that. They would have had more success with that. But they tried to make what everyone is universally known as the best Star Trek movie. They tried to remake it, and they did a horrible job. They did a horrible job. So for me, the movie doesn't even count because what did they? What did? How did it expand the Chris Pine Kirk or the Zachary Quinto Spock or Uhura or the? You know, those are the three main characters, and it didn't expand on them from the first go around at all. At all, they just put him in a different situation with Benedict. We, it's like we can get Benedict Cumberbatch. Let's do. It. You know, that's. I see, it seems like that movie was really like being counter, being counter movie. Uh, I mean, with. Um Admiral Pike being killed and like I, I like the setup of that movie the first scene is great with them you know stealing the artifact from that culture the visuals of that were amazing the whole Kirk might lose his ship for being a rational decisions kind of guy great his you know his father figure in Pike all that good stuff and then Pike ends up dying after that it just kind of becomes a revenge movie um, that I don't think it's uh, the revenge treatment. I don't know. It, it was weird. It wasn't revenge against Kirk, though, specifically. Like, Khan had wanted revenge against Kirk, but the Benedict Cumberbatch Khan just wanted revenge against Starfleet. No, no, it was Kirk's revenge against Khan for killing Pike. Like, it, it kind of reversed the world. Like how Kirk is the one who dies at the end and Spock has to bring him back. Yeah, no, I, remember I think that, they kind of, yeah. like, did that with the storyline, too, whereas it was... Khan trying to get revenge on Kirk, and this one it was Kirk trying to get revenge on Khan. But I don't think it played out nearly as well. I mean, not even, not even close. But yeah, it's it's just a different version of the same but it's, story. It's, 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 it's but very, that's what the, both of the movies are. They're a different version of the same story because it's a different timeline, so they can do whatever the hell they want. It's true, but they got away with it in the first movie because we had never seen Kirk in Starfleet or Spock in Starfleet, sure. so we can't be like, oh, they're doing this, now they're doing this. But when you take a movie and re-directly remake it, they didn't make no bones about remaking it. It's a direct remake of Wrath of Khan. Well, no. I, no. A, in your explanation, they did it, like, shot for shot, which, no, they, they you know, did a version of a similar story. 
with familiar characters. But it was its own storyline with its own complications. It's true, but, I mean... I understand your complaints. Well, it's just a complaint because it's just... Star Trek has never rehashed, and that is the only Star Trek rehash I can think of. Uh, Well, the whole first season of Next Gen is a rehash of old original episodes. A couple of... A couple, like half of the season. I no, think. it's not half the season. It's, it is like. But st- and then there's there are episodes that are very similar to each well, other from franchise to franchise. Of course, but I mean, when you're looking at 700 TV episodes compared to 12 movies, you know. Sure. Yeah, I'll give you that one. You know, like um, they, they even if they made what if they took like the best Star Trek? What if they did like sitting on the edge on the edge of forever and remade that into a movie? You see what I'm saying? Like. Yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. Just don't rehash the old movies. I got it. Even use, even if they wanted to use a character, just not make it like... Like, Kirk dies at the end in the same way Spock does. It's like, I thought this was a different timeline. How is it going to be doing the same well, exact... Well, they're doing that to pull in the people who know it. You know, who go, oh, this is like the movie I saw already. It's for the 30s and 40-year-olds and... Who knows how old out there fans who are going to go and then to bring their little kids. See, I think that I think that's different. I don't think it is for a third. I think it's for the, the seventeen year olds that movie. I don't think it's for the. It's for both. They do they do a good job these Star Trek folks right, to bring I take it both. Back. I take it back. Take what back? Insurrection is not the worst Star Trek movie. You think it's Darkness is worse than uh, Insurrection? I, I mean, it's gonna. I would have to. I'll, I'll watch them both tonight to have like a, a pound for pound duke out. We could do that. Nemesis is pretty bad, too, but I, th- I think it's saved. Right. But let's focus on the good. There's a lot of good movies. Two, three, four, six, seven. Come on, it's a good movie. You'll watch it, right? Would you watch it before Into Darkness and Insurrection? Uh, I don't think so, just because I've seen it so much many more times than those. Like, I've only seen Insurrection maybe three or four times, and I have only seen Into Darkness once. So I would watch Into Darkness wow. again. You're comparing generations. Anyway... Um, Generations is not a good movie. Anyway, but let's focus on the good. Because Star Trek is so good. It's Star got Trek a positive message. It does have uh, a positive I message. I don't That's wanna... why I'm upset that things like right. Star Trek 7 <laughs> and things like Into Darkness exist because Star Trek has such a good positive wow, message. Wow, I don't think it taints the franchise. I don't think they're quite that I don't bad. think it does, but Generations is just, it's, it's pretty whatevs. It's pretty whatevs. All right, well, thanks for joining us on this extra long <laughs> That's just podcast. It's not um, extra long. We talked about all 12 Star Trek movies. Uh, clearly, you learned some of our favorites. Uh, and, and go see the, the new one for I'm Crying Out it. Loud. Uh, I told, I told really my wife, good. I have seen everyone in the theater since Generations came out in 94. I'm not going to break the streak. I will always go see them in theater. When I saw Nemesis in the theater, I was one of six people opening day. Mm. It was bad. It was really it was bad. Biggest crowd that week. <laughs> it, was, it was not good. But you know what? I'm still showing up. So Yeah, I, I, I got high hopes. Plus, uh, Simon Pegg wrote it or helped write it. I, I have the lowest hopes. Matter of fact. Oh, okay. I actually, well, high hopes. Is, I, I'm expecting a movie. If, if, I, if I like 20% of the movie, that is what I'm going into. Well, it's a Star Trek movie, so I hope it's good. But uh, we'll based on what I've seen, um, eh. But we'll see. Uh, and leave a comment uh, or tell us what you think of our conversation. Tell me what you think. Yeah. Direct all your hatred toward Nichols. Oh, yeah, definitely. I got it. I'll, I'll respond. All right. Uh, we'll see you next time. Deuces. <laughs>